Amen. That's better. Thank you so much. If you have your Bible, we invite you to turn with us to the book of Psalms. Psalm 25. Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5. Psalm 25. Talking about the scrap iron crowd. They don't need to practice. That's why it's called scrap iron. You throw it in a pile see what it weighs. Hey, just jump on it, boys, anytime you want to do it. Psalm 25, 4 and 5. I'm going to wait till I hear pages quit rattling and don't quit till you find it. It's in the book. Amen. Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5. Thank you for bringing the book, the book, to God's house. Thank you for a good crowd tonight. David says, show me. That's what I ask God about every week. Lord, just show me. You show me what you want me to preach and I'll jump on it. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For you are God, for you are the God of my salvation. On you do I wait all day long. Father, Thank you for the privilege to wait on you. Thank you for the privilege to have you teach us and show us. And we ask you to do that tonight. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. I enjoy taking trips, but I think my trip taking is wore out right now. And not only do I enjoy taking trips, but I love to get home. You know, I can be Columbia, Charlotte, Atlanta, the closer I get to the house, Oconee County, the faster I get. I mean, I just want to get in there. I've only seen that one time in Lynn, and that was on our way back home, as I told you. <laughs> Through the airport, she just run off and left it. But she would wait at the end of the moving sidewalk. You know, that's all I could do to get to the sidewalk. And I'd, I'd think, feet, make sure you step on there just right because that thing digs off, you know. And I'd just prop up and ride that whole 100, 150 feet, whatever it was. And she'd be just getting it all the way to the end. And then she'd wait. I'm glad she waited. But, you know, the Lord gives us all kind of insights as far as uh, waiting on Him. But the most important trip, is the trip that you and I as God's children are on right now. Which that trip is going to lead us to heaven. A place where we've never been. We're going to see people we've never seen before. Can you imagine forever and ever and ever meeting folk you've never met before? You know what I thought? What language is going to be spoken? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but I'll understand. We'll all understand. Let's talk about the heartbeat of David. Now, we're talking about a man who was a little boy who grew up. He was a shepherd boy. He became a king. The tallest tree in the forest is the one that gets struck when lightning strikes. I made mention of that this morning. David, the Bible says, when all the kings went forth to battle, David stayed at home. Why would you allow your men to go and not go? I think every king, officer, ought to be with his men. But he stayed at home. 
And the Bible says he saw a woman taking a bath. Well, you don't take a bath with your clothes on. So we know that Bathsheba was naked. He saw her. He inquired about her. He asked for her. He got her pregnant. That's a big sin. Okay? The king. Why did she do it? Because she honored the king. She bowed down to the leaper. And then he sends for Uriah, the husband. Won't to sit, told old Joab, Joab was in charge of his men, said, send David home on furlough. He needs a break. So Uriah comes home from furlough. David said, son, I know it's hard. And he asked the dumb question, how's the war prospering? Does war prosper? <laughs> how's the war prospering? Well, I'm sure Uriah told him. Went on, he said, son, why don't you... Uh, why don't you go down to the house and spend some time with your wife? I know you've been gone from her and you, she misses you, so you go spend the night with her. So he did, but he didn't go in the house. That upset David. Brought him in. Why didn't you spend the night? Hey, he said, my men are out there fighting, dying. Why should I take the convenience of spending time with my wife? David said, okay. I'm going to throw a big party here tomorrow night. I want you to be here. He came. Oh, you ride drunk. Oh, thinking that Uriah would go back down to his house and sleep with his wife, but he didn't. He was drunk, but he wasn't that drunk. Made David mad. So David writes a letter to Joab, the commanding officer, so simply says, in short, in the hottest part of the battle, put Uriah up front, and when he gets up front, withdraw from him. They did. He was shot and killed. David kept going. Down, down, down. Nathan wrote a story to David, son. What would you do if a man had a bunch of little ewe lambs and, and he had one, it was like his own child, and company came? Would you kill that goat? Said, no, no, that would be wrong. I mean, that, that lamb, no, that would be wrong. He said, you're the man. The Bible says that David confessed his sins. Now, to me, when David confessed his sins, he was sincere about it. He brought fruits of his repentance, and God forgave him. It's one thing to repent, okay? It's one thing to say, I am so sorry. But then don't do anything to prove that you're sorry. The Bible talks about bringing fruits of repentance. I'm not talking about apples and oranges. I'm talking about our life. Things that we do that proves we have repented of our sin. David's heartbeat was God Himself. At this point here, we see David's request of God. He said, show me. Show me. God can show you the way you need to go and how it is to get there. But so many times we think, hey, i got a better idea, Lord. I think I can do it this way and still get there. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Show me. Teach me thy path. Psalm 119, 105 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Thy word is the best thing. Hidden in my heart is the best place to put it. That I might not sin against God is the best reason to hide the word of God in our heart. Now when we think about hide, we think, well, Hide means, am I going to be able to find it? Will anybody else find it? It means to bury it deep in our hearts, our souls, our minds, so when an occasion arises, we can recall some Scripture to help somebody. Because you may not always have the book with you. Show me what you want, God. Put me where you want me to be. 
This is one way that, uh, to pray for yourself uh, without being selfish. And we think about this. Uh, what about the substance of, of our requests? It speaks about our fellowship with God. Show me. Okay? Sometimes people call us alongside them to show us something. Or we will call them to show them something. And maybe it's what they need to see. It could be what they don't need to see. As David was furious before he repented of his sin. You see, the devil makes us that way. He makes us ill. He makes us furious when somebody may say something to us about the way we're living. He makes us furious, ill. But on the other hand, God, if we allow Him to, will allow us to say, Thank you, I, I need help. Thank you for seeing what you have seen. No, on the other hand, the devils may cause you and I to say, Well, ain't none of your business. Cain killed Abel, didn't he? And God asked Cain, Son, where's your brother? How should I know? Am I my brother's keeper? You sure are. I am responsible for you. You're responsible for me. We need to look out for one another. Our county, hey, our law enforcement, what's the sign say a lot of times? Crime watch. That's not necessarily for our law officers watching. It's for us as citizens. Crime watch. We were gone from home for several weeks, and I had a man looking after uh, our place, and somebody else came down for something that had business being there. And this man that, that I had asked to look after things was coming out from around behind the house. <laughs> and the other person says, what are you doing here? <laughs> and he says, what are you doing here? <laughs> crime watch. You and I are on a crime watch. The devil is alive and well. We gotta, the Bible says, watch. Watch for what? Watch for Satan and pray. Watch and pray. Also, watch for the return of Jesus. Listen, humility is the disappearance of self in the awareness that God is all there is. Um, John said, I've got to decrease where he can increase. Disappearance so that he can make his presence known. Many of you, and I thank you, and I praise God for you, commented this morning about the, the worship service. Hey, I appreciate it. But make sure, dead sure, you give God the glory and God the praise. I told you when I first came here, invite people to the house of God. You don't have to tell them who the preacher is unless they ask you. Then they might say, oh, me. But anyway, show me thy ways, O Lord, and teach me. You know, I love him to show me the ways, but do I have time for him to teach me? Teaching takes time. Hey, it's not like opening up our brain and dump it in and close it up, and we're like a robot. Here we go, you know. It don't work that way. Teach me and show me how I'm going to get there. Well, not only the substance here, but also I want you to think about the size of our requests. Speaks of our faith in God. The size of our request. Some of us, our request is greater than others. But God acknowledges all of our request. It makes no difference how big we think it is or how small we think it is. God is ready. He says He hears the cries of His children. 
And he will come. And he will answer. My God is a 911. He will come to where I am. If I'm unable to get to where he is, he comes to where I am. Thank God for that. The substance, the size of the request. But what about the sincerity? Are we sincere or is it just something uh, that we want to request? You know, we need to be careful. I've heard it said many times, be careful what you pray for. It just might happen. And then what are you going to do with it? A friend of mine, he, he did not have a wife. He did not have a church. And he prayed, Lord, I need a wife and I need a church. And he got them both about the same time. Be careful what you pray for. It may happen. How sincere are we when we ask God to do something in somebody's life or in our own life? How really sincere are we? Are we willing? Hey, I might ask him for something, but then he might say, okay, I'm going to give it to you, but here's what you've got to do to get it, and it becomes a struggle. But he's promised never to leave us nor forsake us. We see David's request of God, show me thy way. Secondly, we see David's relationship with God. He says in the Scripture there, Lead me in thy truth and teach me. Hey, truth is the only thing to deal with. Don't you hate dealing with a lie? Don't you hate dealing with somebody whether you're not sure whether they tell you the truth or not? I mean, when they tell you this is how it was and this is how it is, can you really take it to the bank? Hey, if enough lying goes on pretty soon, you and I will be found out. And then there's no more trust. How long does it take to get trust back? It depends on the fruits of repentance. That's how long it takes to get trust back. Okay? A sore place. A cut. In a bad place. Okay? Wherever, every time you move, the thing cracks open and here comes the blood. You wish that that would heal and you do all kinds of things to get it healed. And even after it's healed, it's a scar. You see, people don't forget. We learned this while we were in Africa. Africa, animal, uh, animals. Elephants literally do not forget. The old boy that took us on our safari was born in the bush. And he knew every area, every mile, every, I believe he knew every foot of that safari because he was born there. He knew the area. And so lots of stuff he shared with us about animals. Elephants don't sleep. They don't forget. They had a safari vehicle that was solid white. They didn't realize it, but elephants don't like anything that's white. I was sort of wondering. So, they took the safari vehicle and had it painted like desert storm color. And elephants would come close, but they wouldn't attempt uh, to attack. Because he said, hey, I've seen them literally turn a vehicle over. And of course, if you've seen pictures or movies, or in person an elephant, he's not a small uh, animal. Uh, but David's relationship with God was so close. After now, after he got his life together, lead me in thy truth and teach me. And then he says, for you are, you're the God of my salvation. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have salvation. If it wasn't for God's Son, Jesus, I could not have been saved. I could not save myself. 
I could have went to the cross every day and bled to death every day and not been able to save myself. I am saved by the blood of Jesus. I am kept by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. For you are the God of my salvation. Now, David, he does not just have a relationship here. He don't just have uh, religion, but he's got a relationship with a living God. Can you imagine the gods that are in the world today and how people worship the gods with the little letters? I'm thankful that God has allowed me to, to know Him in a personal way, to know that He is alive and He is well. And He's coming after us. I ask myself, do you have a settled conviction? Do you have a settled conviction that you have a scriptural conversion? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you understand that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? For by faith are you saved. For, for by grace are you saved through faith. It's nothing you've done, nothing I've done, but it's a gift from God. One Sunday morning, it was in the Bush Church. I had, uh, I forget, I believe it was 5,000 shillings. It might have been 10. Um, but they didn't know what I had in my hand. I just I had it in my pocket. And I was talking about the gift of salvation. I was talking about the gift of God. How when He gives it, it is yours. But you have to claim it. He's ready to give, but we have to claim it. I said, I have something in my hand this morning. And I want to give it to the first person that comes up here after it. Nobody moved. I said, this is not a joke. I do have something in my hand, and if you come up here, it's yours. First thing there, this old boy on the very front, here he come. Caught me by the hand, and I let him pull my fingers open, and he just lit up. And I said, I, I, I said son, hold up what you got. He held it up. I said, see what the rest of you missed? I said, the world's that away. God wants to give it, but nobody wants to come claim it. He's already paid for it. And all he wants us to do is come and take it. I can say with Paul, I know whom I have believed in. Paul said, and I am persuaded that he is able, he's qualified to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. He's promised to hang on to it. Hey, your name, if you're saved, is written down in the book. It's non-erasable ink. Written in blood. And Satan would love to get a hold of that copy. But he can't do it. He can't change the fact. If we're saved, then our name is written down. David's request of God, show me. His relationship, lead me in the right path. And thirdly, David's responsibility to God, you see, it's not only God to us, but we have a responsibility to Him. He says, on you do I wait all the day. David's responsibility to God. I'm waiting on you. On you do I wait. Now, waiting is to live a life of desire toward Him. Our desire. The stronger our desire, the better we can wait. 
If we know what the dessert is, we'll eat a good meal. Because maybe they said, you can't have dessert if you don't clean your plate. Went in a restaurant one time and the sign says, get your dessert first. Jesus may come any minute. I like that. Get it first. <laughs> okay. Waiting on the Lord is worth it. Our desire should be not only towards the good things that God gives, but also toward God Himself. A lot of people say, well, what's God going to give me? What am I going to get from Him if I believe in Him? Well, you're going to get eternal life. What comes with that? Everything that God wants you to have. When will I get it? When you deserve it. When your life qualifies for it. You see, God told Abraham, Son, if you will follow me, if you will be obedient to me, I'll bless them youngins you got. And when your youngins get married and they have youngins, I'm going to bless them. And when your great-great-grand-youngins follow me and obey me, I'm going to bless them. All the way down to this generation that's in here right now, if you obey me, I'll bless you. Some people are blessed more than others. Don't mean God don't love you less. Sometimes we can't handle stuff. God knows what I can handle, okay? That's why I'm not a millionaire. <laughs> I can't hardly handle a thousand dollars, let alone a million. Somebody said, I sure would like to try. Oh, I don't know. Remember, you get what you ask for. If you ask from sincerity of the heart, okay? I don't ask for no million dollars. I just give me this day my daily bread. That's all I need, just this day. Well, Isaiah 41, 40, 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew. Now, you can't renew something that's never been renewed, right? Hello? That may not sound right, but that's what it is. In other words, you can't renew. You can't, you can't uh, rededicate your life if it's never been dedicated. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In that verse, there's nothing, nothing, nothing about sitting down quitting. Nothing. I love to talk to people who are retired, see how I'm fine. I say, uh, what are you doing these days? Well, you know, sometimes they can't name it. <laughs> Have no goal in mind whatsoever. No, hey, I just don't have anything to do. Well, come and go with me, and I will help you. What a trip awaits us who love God. The heartbeat of David. Now, we can say, well, my life is all messed up. Look at David's. His life was really messed up. Look at Moses. He was a basket case. He started out in the river in a basket. He was! Look what God did with him. Look at Peter. He cursed God. Swore he didn't even know Jesus. Somebody said, you know why Peter denied the Lord, don't you? He said, because the Lord healed his mother-in-law. For whatever reason, God does what he does. It's God's business. I tell folk, I'm bought, I'm paid for, and what he wants to do with this is his business and not mine. If I want to receive the joys and the blessings... I need to be a ball of clay in His hands. We sing a song, break me, melt me, mold me. Do we really mean that? Hey, I don't know about that breaking. 
I don't know so much about melting. And I'm not so sure I want to be molded. But I tell people, hey, I want to be an adjustable Christian, like an adjustable wrench. It'll fit anywhere you put it. All you got to do is adjust it. And God wants to adjust us to fit in society for His cause and not ours. Okay? Show me thy way, O Lord, and teach me thy path. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it. I dare you to pray that prayer. Show me thy ways, O Lord, and teach me. Teach me your paths. I'm ready to go. Father, help us to be about your business. Thank you for David. Lord, he was uh, just like we are. He was a man. He sinned. He sinned greatly. He begged for forgiveness. You awarded him forgiveness, and he became a great warrior for you. And Lord, we thank you for the presence of you in here tonight. We thank you for your holy word. We thank you for every person that's present. Bless the homes, Lord, from where they come tonight. And Lord, you know every home. You know where there's turmoil. You know where there's excitement. You know where there's sadness. And I pray that you would go home with these people tonight, Lord. Go home with Lynn and I. Lord, we want you to be a very part of our life, a very part of our being, so that we can be a people for you to be proud of. Just guard us and guide us this week, Lord, and we'll thank you and praise you for all you do, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.